0: Welcome to The Daily Sample, a podcast where we sample a new book every day in an attempt to find our next favorite. Today we are sampling The Coyotes of Carthage. It was written by Stephen Wright and it was published April 14th of 2020. It tops out at 320 pages and I ended up sampling 36 of those pages. The synopsis reads, Toussaint Andre Ross has one more shot. Despite being a successful African-American political consultant, his aggressive tactics have tarnished his firm's reputation. Now his boss and mentor, Mrs. Fitz, who plucked him from juvenile incarceration and shepherded his career, is exiling him to the boondocks of South Carolina with $250,000 of dark money to introduce a ballot initiative on behalf of a mining company. The goal, to manipulate the locals into voting in favor of the sale of pristine public land to the highest bidder. Dre arrives in God-fearing, flag-waving Carthage County, an area America's new economy has left behind, with only Mrs. Fitz's well-meaning yet naive grandson, Brendan, on his team. A local is needed as a straw man to collect signatures, and Dre hires blue-collar couple O'Fish Tyler Lee and his pious wife, Shalene, to act as the initiative's public face. Under Dre's cynical direction, a land grab is disguised as a righteous fight for faith and liberty. As lines are crossed and lives ruined, Dre's increasingly cutthroat campaign threatens the last remnants of his own humanity and the very soul of Carthage County. A piercing portrait of our fragile democracy and one man's unraveling, the coyotes of Carthage, may well be the political novel of our times. So this novel opens with Dre being outright convinced that he is going to be fired and we follow him on his way to his office in DC. A good portion of this first chapter is actually him just kind of wandering into work and we get a lot of internal information, mostly about Dre and kind of his fear of what's going on with his career and a little bit of backstory about his family and how he got into this job and when he gets into the office his boss Mrs. Fitz essentially tells him that his mistakes were basically you know his his pride taking over and he's just let it run away with him. So it does kind of tell you like what mistake he made. I'm not gonna go into it because I'm actually really bad at explaining politics but it has something to do with a campaign and he made a mistake and their client lost and now he's in huge trouble like enough trouble that he thought that he would have to be fired and his boss is his mentor like she has put so much time and effort into his career that for him to just be fired would actually be a huge loss to this firm and he has a very deep fear of being fired not just because you know it's his his job and it's been his job for years and years and years and you know you get used to a place and you don't want to leave it but he has he also tells us you know he's a 35 year old black man with a criminal record and it's actually for felonies so he may not actually be able to find another job especially not in this field like he was basically hired by this woman and she knows about these felonies and she hired him anyway because she believed in them and he's convinced he's never going to find that again and he probably he's right he's probably won't this country does a really bad job of forgiving and forgetting and it's like it's one thing to like not want to hire someone who has a violent history on their record that's totally fair you know whatever but at some point you have to have a little faith in the system that you know we've put a lot of time and money into our system and we've said that it's for rehabilitation and rehabilitating our criminals to become productive members of society and then we put all of these roadblocks in place so that they can't actually ever find a job and actually get into society but that's a whole other thing that's going to come up a lot in this book i can guarantee it because it affects our main character so deeply. So as a way of getting back into the good graces, he is given a Poduck assignment that he thinks is kind of beneath him, and it probably is, but at this point, dude, just take it. Don't say it. Don't say anything. Don't look down on it. Just take it and duck your head and be happy that you still have a job and you can figure out the rest later. So he is being sent to South Carolina. Like the synopsis says, he's got $250,000 in money, which is not a budget that he is used to. He is used to working in the millions. So he is kind of complaining about that. He kind of complains a lot for a guy who's actually really lucky to not be fired. And he recognizes that in himself as well. He's, he's a (laughs) self-aware <laughs> he's not like totally like ridiculous and he's fully aware that he made a mistake and he owns that to us and to his boss as well so and then the rest of this chapter is him actually going to visit his brother his brother has uh ALS I believe is what it ends up being and his brother is his only family his brother still lives back in their original neighborhood it's not a good neighborhood. Um, so as Andre kind of goes to his brother's house, he's giving us the description of this neighborhood and he's talking about, you know, two weeks ago, you know, rival gangs sprayed bullets across the street. Um, and he's looking at these bullet holes and all these other things. And then it turns out that his brother's primary caregiver is his, I don't think it's his wife. No, it's his wife. Yeah. They're married and they have a kid together who doesn't really ever talk and andre very deeply suspects that this kid is not actually his brother's kid because this woman is or has a history of like drug abuse and prostitution and she's had a hard life too she's been in and out of shelters and all this other stuff so andre's convinced that this isn't actually his nephew and he's pretty sure that his brother knows that too and just is just ignoring it. I think his brother is nonverbal at this point. Like he's pretty far into ALS and his wife, Vera, even though Dre doesn't like like her at all. And he doesn't think that she takes care of the house very well. He does recognize that she's actually a really good caregiver for her brother. She, she is really good at making sure he has all of his medications. She writes down all of his symptoms and like log books. Like she's on it. Which is probably the only reason he has not tried to figure out a way to like put his brother in some sort of care home or something. Because he can't take care of his brother, not full-time at least, because Andre travels for work. That was another thing that came up about him potentially losing his job, is that he wouldn't be able to pay for his brother's care, because he is actually the one who's paying for a lot of this stuff. And they go through a whole scene where you're asking for more money and then we move on to actually going to carthage that's when andre decides to travel decides to travel that's when andre gets on the plane to go to the south carolina place and he meets the grandson whose name now escapes me i have no idea it's like brendan or brandon or something it was in the synopsis i've already forgotten it it's brendan <laughs> it's brendan and brendan right off the bat adorable. He's super young. He's like straight out of college. I think this is his first job. He's bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and he's ready to conquer the world and change everything and do good and he's just so cute and he's like the exact opposite of Andre. He's very chatty and like open and smiley and just happy to be there and Andre's just like kill me. Um so we get a scene where Andre goes into a gas station rest stop store thing and He is convinced that he's almost shot by the white girl behind the counter, because he's black man. So he has to like deescalate the situation with kind of a charm that I don't think I would have in that situation. I think I would be very mad, and it it just kind of goes to show you that this book is going to touch very very heavily on race issues, especially in the South. This is being handled pretty blatantly, not very subtly, and that which I think is a good thing. We should have that blatant conversation, especially because Andre is a black man and he is in the South and he is an interloper in this community. And I have a feeling it's going, that little particular tidbit is going to get very ugly. And it seems like this type, this is the type of town that is very rural. Well, it is rural, but it it's the type of rural that isn't um, like a suburb or anything. It's like old school hunters and farmers and you know these people are usually republican and they usually have flags in the back they're confederate flags you know they're very proud of their southern heritage it's that kind of community um you know these are hunters these are people these are blue collar people these are people who have to really scrape and work to survive and andre makes a point to tell us in this sample a little later on that This land that they're trying to get and sell to this mining company is the livelihood of quite a few of these people. This could actually kill this town. So he is very aware that one, being a black man in this community, trying to basically destroy this community, is going to really put a target on his back. And he kind of snaps at Brendan at one point, because Brendan wants to talk and be friendly with everybody. That's just his natural way. And Andre basically tells him stop that you're going to bring too much attention to us being here by being overly friendly you don't want people to remember you the sample ends with them settling into their accommodations it's actually an old Victorian gothic mansion and it used to be a funeral home and it's really kind of disgusting in there it's actually super hilarious the scene of them like getting in and Brendan was there first and he actually like cleaned the whole place up He's so sweet. He just wants to be told good job. He's so so sweet. I love Brendan. Brendan's great. I hope Brendan does not get broken throughout this novel. Um, So yeah, this is going to be a very political novel. I think this is going to handle a lot of deep issues, um, especially those that are really affecting us Today, you're going to see a lot of issues around race. I think you're going to see a lot of issues around religion. I think you're going to see stuff about public good versus private corporations and the rights that go there. I think you're going to see issues around public land which is a political issue that has been dogging humanity since god i think i first learned about it in history class and it was in regards to public hunting lands in europe and like the year 1000 or whatever so you're going to see a lot of those kind of issues i think you're going to see a lot of the idea of rural communities and cities and the differences that they have in between like in needs and wants and type of thing you're gonna see a lot about community. I do plan on finishing this novel. I think it was a really strong opening. I really like Andre. I think his voice is very honest, very sarcastic, which appeals to me. I love a good sarcastic MC, and I really, I really like his self-awareness and kind of how he narrates and what he is able to tell us about his world and how he sees the world around him. So I do think it's going to be really good. Um, I don't think I'm going to finish it like soonish. I feel like this novel is actually a really good novel for like the fall or the winter. Not because it's like cold in South Carolina. Sometimes you get like novels where like the weather plays in a big role. And like you usually want to like match your personal weather to the weather in the novel. So like a murder mystery in winter where they're snowed in. I usually like to save those for snowy days. That's not the case with this one. I just feel like this isn't a very good summer read. And as we head into summer, I want something a little bit more lighter. Or like fantasy or sci-fi or whatever. So I'm gonna save this one for the fall. I think this is a really good fall book. Uh, It's pretty short and it's a pretty fast read. Like I said, it's only 320 pages. I don't think it's gonna be a super heavy book. Even though it does touch on a ton of issues just in this one sample and I have a feeling it's going to touch on even more later on. I'm excited. I think it's going to be good. So here's to hoping this book eventually works out for me when I do decide to pick it up. If you've completed this book let me know what you thought. You can find me on goodreads at goodreads.com slash the daily sample or instagram at the daily sample and I will see you guys here tomorrow for another book. Bye!